Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to find freedom from the shame and pressure of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode with Lynn Wilder and Joel Grote as they and their guests share personal stories and wisdom from the Bible that just might surprise you. We invite you to experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. This is part two with Joel Grote of the five C's of interfaith and intercultural engagement. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And what we've been focusing on in these last, in these two episodes is what are the things that we can just kind of have in mind to bring down the fear factor? Because as our society becomes more multicultural, more multi-ethnic, um, we're, the odds of us running into somebody of a different faith or religious tradition than ours is increasingly likely. And very often what that invokes in us is fear, especially if there's an opportunity to maybe share our faith or to talk about somebody else's or just begin to introduce Jesus into the conversation. And so these five C's are just are designed to help bring down that fear factor. And so in the previous episode, we looked at the first um, three. So I'm just going to quickly run through the, the what the five are. The five are confidence in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's got this and he's in us, then we've got this. So ultimately, our confidence does not rest in ourselves or our arguments or our ability to convince somebody. We are totally confident that the Holy Spirit's going to be at work in them, and he's going to use us to hopefully draw them a step closer to Jesus. Two is curiosity. So having this divine redemptive curiosity about other people so that we relate to them because we're actually interested in who they are as a, as a fellow image bearer. They are an amazing creation work of God. They're totally unique. There's nobody else like them. And so we want to know more about who that is. And so that's what draws us in. We're not there to convert or to convince. We're there to establish relationships and go deeper. And then three the last time we covered last time was caring about their story. In other words, I want to know your story because there's going to be elements of your story that I can empathize with, that I care about. And so we talked about um, how letting another person's human experience evoke empathy in us. So we feel alongside them and we don't just immediately jump in when they share something to talk about what we've had similar, but we actually pursue them by going three deep. So you ask a question, then you ask a question about the question, and then you ask a question about that question before you even begin to talk about yourself or, or to relate. And so that brings us to the fourth C, which is clarity on the human condition. So what that means is I can relate to you and to your story, but I can also explain it in light of the bigger story. There is a bigger narrative. God is at work. God is moving all of human history to his final ends. We're a part of that. And so that's what we want to do is we want to then now, as we hear somebody's story, begin to open them up to this idea that there's a bigger story that they're involved in. And that's a very exciting thing. Okay. So give me an example or two of when you've been able to do this with someone and what you mean by the bigger story. Okay. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> well, you can do the second <laughs> one first. <laughs> um, no. So here's an example. I'm 
talking to this young lady um, in church. So I'd, I'd spoken at a church in, I am pretty sure it was Guatemala. Um, she's staying after church because the pastor and his wife are her ride home. He's in a meeting with somebody else. He's also my ride home because I'm going to go to his house for lunch. But as we're sitting there, I can tell um, she's disturbed. Um, she's not happy. And so I just start asking her some questions about her. And she was probably, I'm going to guess, 14, 15 years old. So the age of one of my own daughters. And I let her know I had daughters her age at home. But anyway, as we talked, what came out is she was coming from a very unhappy and very difficult home situation. And so as I'm listening to her story, um, what I want to do is let her know that despite the difficulty, what she's going through, Jesus is there. His love for her is there. There's a care for her. And so ultimately her trust and her confidence just needs to be in him and in his bigger story for her life. Now, I believe she was a believer, but at this point, she's questioning faith and God and everything because of what's happening within her home situation. And so it was one of those things where because I cared enough to go deeply rather than just say, wow, that's a really awful situation. That's really hard. I'll pray for you. I wanted to help her see how her story actually fit into the bigger caring story of God. And um, what's amazing is that was probably 15 years ago and I'm still friends on Facebook and um, she has let God step into that. And so she has just blossomed into this amazing um, woman now um, of faith. And it's, it's just been really cool to see. So that's what I'm talking about, but that couldn't happen until I was just simply willing to care about her for where she was and what she was going through. And, and then having the courage to say, there, there's a bigger picture here. So I don't know if that helps, but. Well, what you've stirred up, right, is in the last, uh, what, three months, we had a really bad hurricane here. And so our home was badly destroyed. Had a lot of wonderful people say, I'm praying for you. And I know that they were. But what was really helpful was the folks who personally got a hold of me and then asked me, what, is, is there something specific I can pray for you? What kind of things? Uh, are happening in your life, um, what kind of frustrations, you know, tell me more specifically about that. And yes. so just having a place to kind of cathart and feel like there was a bigger Christian world of people that who were willing to be even emotionally um, available was really right. helpful for me to feel like, okay, God's got this, I can walk through this, right? And honestly, it was hard for me to leave Mormonism. That definitely was the hardest thing that ever happened in my life. But this hurricane has been like that too. After a month or so, we had a second one and then we got hit and then the roof leaks and there's water all over my house. And, and just, I mean, it's just seemed like it's been one thing after another, but rather than be so discouraged, like it was at the beginning, as I just learned, okay, what is God doing in this? What can I learn from this? How can I walk this through and be gracious, right, and loving? Because everybody's going to have those kind of struggles yeah. that this 14-year-old girl did. But feeling like she's part of a bigger picture of what 
God's up to and that she can do it because there are others out there that can be supportive to her. That's good for all of us. Right. And it turns out this pastor and his wife were also aware of the situation because I, I asked them when I had a chance just to say, are you? And they said, yeah, we are kind of aware. And so because of that, we're kind of taking her in also. And they were a young couple. I think their kids were just like five and three at the time. And so yet they mm. were reaching out to her and providing kind of this family care and support um, that she needed. So yeah. And, th- and that's, I mean, and that's what it's about. It's about this understanding that the human situation is broken. And at the end of the day, the worst possible thing you can do with broken is try to fix broken with broken because all that does is make things worse. And that's always the tendency. I mean, the human tendency is, okay, if I've got this going on, that's not working relationally, I'm either going to bail on the relationship. I'm going to go over here to this other thing, or I'm going to try some form of escape. But if you're not inviting the God who created and designed relationships into the picture, and if you're not open to pursuing him in his way and how he wants to bring about healing, then trying to fix broken with broken just results in more brokenness. And, Mm. and so just to say, have you considered, and it's like we do all the time and just sometimes just saying, Hey, have you ever considered like seeing what the Bible says about some of this and pointing people to even something like a book, um, like the gospel of John or Mark, or if they're a believer and they're struggling, pointing them back to a book like Ephesians that talks about, okay, who we are in Christ, how much we've actually been given. So we get that broader perspective and just being willing to, to do that again, not heavy handedly, but just invitationally. I think that's a lot of it. What it comes down to is being invitational because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was constantly saying, Hey, come learn from me. Take my yoke on you. I invite you to come see who I am. I am gentle and humble of heart. And it was always come see. And if people didn't want to come see, then he was like, okay. But he said, for the people who are hurting, I'm a doctor. For the people who are sick, I'm a healer. That's who I've come to help. So, yeah. Well, I think one of the first things that got me through those early days was God had just put us speaking at a conference called the attributes of God. And for a whole weekend, we got the most amazing preaching from these people who were going through every attribute of God through the scriptures. And so I walked away from there going, Whoa, my God is so big. He's got anything right. And then I get hit like this. And I can't tell you how many times I went back to the notes from this conference. Yes. Yes. I'm speaking in, but, God is giving me more, right, than I'm giving other people. Certainly, I felt like that was a gift to me before all of this happened so that I might remember who he is. The other the other thing that's happened to me through this trial is I've had a lot of contact with people from the outside world. So a lot of workers and insurance people and that kind of thing. And I'm continually aware that even though I'm frustrated, They know I'm a Christian, and so I need to continually center myself in Jesus, try not to get more money than I do, try, you know, try to represent Jesus in a way that other people would go, whoa, 
Christians really, really are pretty awesome people. <laughs> yeah. And the Holy Spirit can help us be that way. And when we're not, then we apologize and take ownership. But I've had, I mean, I've had similar things happen where I'm dealing with a situation where it's taking way longer. Um, just like a week or so ago, uh, we, I now work, my new job is I'm now working for um, ministry that works with inner city, urban, primarily Hispanic people. And so we provide literacy training, English computer, wellness, literacy, um, financial literacy. Oh, and so I'm excited that. about being involved in people's lives. And so for our end of the year party, I usually approach one of our local Starbucks and say, hey, would you mind donating some coffee? Because um, a lot of these people have never even been in a Starbucks. Um, and and they're, they've been very gracious. Well, I went in one morning to pick up. I'd already arranged everything supposedly with the manager and I showed up at the time and they were like, oh, we don't have any notes on that. It's like, can you wait? I mean, we'll be happy to do this for you, but it's going to take us a while to put this together. And I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Um, and they're saying, you know, so, and I showed them the email from the manager. So they knew it was legit. And at least three different employees commented on the fact that I was just willing to wait. And they said, you know, thank you for being so gracious. Thank you. It's like, um, this isn't your fault that you didn't get the note. You're helping me. But I just thought, wow, just this kindness and gentleness and patience. And yeah, it was setting me a little bit behind, but again, that wasn't their fault. So I'm not going to take that out on them. And, and you could tell that it made an impact just on the employees that were there that were doing that. And my thought was, is this really so rare that, that it, that it draws this much attention. And it was kind of, in a way, heartbreaking. But as Christians, we should be at the forefront of people who offer grace, who are patient, who aren't demanding, um, and who are appreciative for, you know, what people are doing. So, and well, I mean, and they I know where, to... they know where I work. They know I work for this, like, nonprofit, <laughs> faith-based ministry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was just going to say Mormons are typically very good at that. They are very kind with people, very patient, very positive, lots of smiling, uh, being helpful, helping people move, you know, showing up at the hospital if their daughter's in the hospital, that kind of thing. Um, plus, they have missionaries that go door to door to talk to you about their faith. Uh, Christians certainly have much they could learn from the behavior of Mormons. Of course, right. our only issue with, with that is that their doctrine and their scriptures and their teachings do not line up with the Bible. Right. And and that's why um, the fifth point we're going to get to is this competence to apply the Bible. Um, and really what's at the core of the fourth point, this whole clarity on the human condition. The reason mm -hmm. that we can begin to offer that is because we've been like we talked about in the previous episode, we've been authentic and transparent about our own brokenness. We've already, mm -hmm. hopefully at this point, talked about why we have a relationship with Jesus, the difference that's made, the changes that's brought about, how bad our broken was. And I think it was the last episode we said, one of the things we never want to do is we never want to sugarcoat our sinfulness mm -hmm. because it's there. And it's not about how well we pull off the Christian life anyway. It's about what Jesus has done for us, which gives us this freedom to be authentic, to be transparent, and to hopefully be progressing, that our process of sanctification does show if we look back, um, even if we don't pull it off perfectly. And so when we start to talk about 
what the human condition is. It's from a point of view is I'm just an involved in this broken, fallen human condition as you are, or as the next person is. What maybe makes me different is I've been invited by Jesus into this solution for my sin. That's a gift. And it's a gift that's given freely. And because I've been given it freely, um, I really want you to kind of understand the bigger picture. I want you to understand even your own brokenness. Um, and so we, I have to remind myself constantly, my goal is not to refute their worldview. My goal is not to go after and try to trash their religious framework. What I want to mm -hmm. do is I want to offer an alternate paradigm that can help them make sense of their experience. Because even with Mormons, you and I have talked about how their framework they can be trying to do everything right. And according to Mormonism, if you do everything right and you follow all the rules, then things should go swimmingly for you. You should be blessed both temporally and eternally. And yet life just doesn't always work that way. So go ahead, because you have a thought. <laughs> no, um, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to go where my brain was. Um, Okay. I still have a few filters, by the way. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's fun. Well, maybe off air, I'll ask you about where your brain was going, but we won't do it on air. So, okay. So with, um, so with the time we have left, what this brings us to, and so because we want to bring this alternate paradigm, the paradigm of the gospel, the paradigm really of Jesus, because even I'm at times more and more hesitant to bring in the paradigm of Christianity because Christianity, mm -hmm. especially in the last five to 10 years, has become associated with so much other stuff that isn't Jesus. Um, well, let's go back to those worldviews, right? You were just okay. talking about different people's worldviews. One of the main differences between, I would say, most people's worldviews and the Christian worldview is the condition of man. That man right. is sinful, that there was this fall. We now have disease and brokenness, and that's a result, right, of sin entering the world. But New Agers, right, pretty much would say you can be your own God or you can turn to spirit guides. Uh, Mormonism certainly believes that what you do matters and you can eventually become a God. But you can have those conversations without using religious language, right? Yes, you absolutely. You can plant ideas through questions. So if someone says, oh, well, everybody's basically good, you can say, well, <laughs> you know, do you have, have children? Have you seen this? Are you aware <laughs> of this? Do you know that, you know, and just plant ideas that can help folks go to your point of view without using necessarily Christian language. Yeah, absolutely. And that's again, where we've talked and we've said this in other podcasts, questions are our single best tool. We yeah. want to lead with questions. We want to ask questions. We want this to be exploratory and discovery and invitational and and very seldom do we achieve an objective by simply making these like really hard, fast, and at times harsh affirmations of truth. And the truth is always to be spoken and presented in love and gentleness and respect and meekness. Um, it's throughout the scripture that that needs to be our paradigm. Um, and so once we begin to bring this in, our final C, our final, yeah, our final, our fifth C is being competent to articulate it and then apply the gospel to what's going on. And so when you're ready, 
then I can point you to repentance and faith in Jesus and a life full of loving God and other people. But you have to be ready. And so while these five, some, these five C's may take multiple conversations to get through, you may spend, as you meet somebody new, as you've got a new neighbor, you find out there may be um, of the Islamic faith, or you find out somebody has a Jewish background, you find out somebody was maybe three generations back Christian, but now they're agnostic or atheistic. Um, it may take several conversations to work your way through this exploratory thing, but eventually what we want to do is be feel competent ourselves because we've got the Holy Spirit and because we know something about our own faith that when there is an opening, then, okay, I'm willing to do, I'm willing to point you to Jesus. Hmm. Uh, but unless we're dependent on Jesus, we can't ever give something we don't have. So if you don't have an organic thriving, growing relationship with Jesus yourself, it's going to be really hard to point somebody else to that in a compelling way. Um, and since I came to Christ through the word, <laughs> I honestly try to just point them to scripture and often say, you don't have to believe a word I say, you know, would you be interested in what Jesus has to say on that yeah. topic? And then again, I'm removed from the equation. I shouldn't be in there at all. <laughs> I should <laughs> yes. just be a nail on the wall that's not noticed. It should be Jesus that they see. Right. And um, and there's so much you can refer people to. Um, the Proverbs have so much real practical wisdom for people. Yeah. And you've got Jesus's, you've got Jesus's teaching. You know, pick a gospel, invite them to work through it. Um, and then say if you have any questions, if you do read, and the thing is, between our phones and tablets and the internet, we have got access. I mean, anybody can pull up an app or or look at scripture. They can do a Google search on what does the Bible say about pick your subject, addiction, anger, conflict, um, yeah. despair, hopelessness, and just say, just, just do that. And if you run across stuff that's you maybe don't understand, if you want someone to be a sounding board, here I am. I have this relationship with Jesus. I love him. I've trusted him with my life. I would like nothing better than for you to know him also regardless of where you go denominationally or church-wise with it, at the end of the day, I just want you to connect with Jesus because he's the one who can fix broken. That's what he came to do. Um, and, and leave that open. Um, so, but that, I mean. And trust it, him, right? Trust right. him. Because I honestly believe that he brings me people. So yes. recently, I was on uh, episode, let me see, 725, I think, of Ali Beth Stuckey's podcast. And there were there was more than one person that put on YouTube in the comments that they were struggling in their Mormon faith, right? Okay, yeah. So I see every opportunity to tell my story as an opportunity that God might use that someone who had not heard the gospel might hear the gospel. And so for us, exactly. that's a blessing in our lives. But again, it's not about us. Right. It's about the amazing transformation that God can make in your life and this wonderful peace that he can give you. Yeah. And so that's why, well, and we're almost at the end of this episode. So that's why we want to give you these tools so that as you encounter people as God, because God will bring people to you. If you are open, if this is something you say, wow, I would really like to see this take place. I would like to have an opportunity to share 
Um, if that's your prayer, God will answer that prayer. He will bring people to you. It's a matter of having your eyes open and being willing to step into those conversations, be willing to ask a question that opens the door and also being willing to be patient for God to maybe bring them along. Maybe all the person needs is someone who's willing to ask them five questions about their own life before you talk about something on your own. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are hungry simply to be known, to, to be pursued. And, and we see Jesus doing that all the time. Jesus pursues people. He wants to know about their lives. He wants to know what's bothering him. You look at the his um, encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well, and that's all about pursuit of her. But at the end, he's like, okay, you're looking for the Messiah. Guess what? <laughs> the one who's speaking to you is him. Um, but that happened at the end of a conversation where he broke down social and religious and cultural barriers just by virtue of being loving and caring and competent. So we'll link to this article um, in probably the description of the podcast and from this article. There are also, there's a companion article that just has a whole series of questions that you can ask at different levels of relationships. So surface level relationship, everything from questions about their pets or their kids or their grandkids, and then how questions can go deeper as you go deeper relationally. That's a whole nother side article. So that'll be there as a resource for people um, to pursue because we want people to uh, be able to share how Jesus has fixed their broken and drawn them into a relationship of intimacy with himself and then invite people into that same thing. Grace and peace, my friend. So long, blessings. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We would love to hear how the podcast has helped you. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and the donations that keep us on the air. To say thank you, we are offering a free gift with a donation of any amount. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free gift button to get yours. Thanks for joining us on the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.